Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening to episode 230 of the Tree Talk podcast. Myself, I'm Matt O'Callaghan, the Weekly Observer, and Vale Star. The Munster Championships are back. We had both the herders and footballers in action, and we had an awful lot of underrated action as well, as well as Camogie. So stay tuned for all that and, and a special guest as we go through all the action at the weekend and look forward to another bumper weekend. The impression the game, we get old with what you put into it. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go out and get it, no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Shorty Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me find out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact that it didn't it. No ifs, no buts. No sympathy in this game for anybody. Matt, we've a guest waiting patiently in the background. But before we get to Owen Brennan, what's it like to have the Munch Championship back? Oh, sure, it's great, Jack. It's it, it's great. And I suppose it's great to have two points under our belts and, and um, two points in the circumstances. And I know we'll be dealing with it at Lint um, later, you know, um, but it, it was a close call, Jack. It, it, it was a tight call, you know. But, um, you know, it, it, it's always better to be nearly drowned than nearly saved, you know. Yeah, that's that's definitely the case. We'll let in Owen Brennan from Clare. Owen, I suppose you would probably want to talk about the football to get started after your win over Limerick and a Munster final to get through. But we might start with the hurling. But first and foremost, how are you keeping? That's so bad, yeah. I was I was looking forward to the Monster Championship too until uh, until Sunday hit, but uh, <laughs> it seems that Limerick were much more better able to roll with the punches than Clare were anyway to start off with. But I suppose there's a yeah, lot oh, more yes. twists and turns to come, maybe. Yeah, so that's the beauty of of the round robin. Like we had two exceptionally good games the weekend, and we've an awful lot to get through. And obviously. We won't get into it straight away this weekend's game, but a meeting of Limerick and Clare. And, you know, that's the way it goes. It's so important now for both teams, probably a bit more for Clare. But opening weekend, um, you know, Limerick got off to win. You know, it was it was hard fought. And then you had that thriller below in N. What was your initial thoughts after the, the Clare to Prairie game? Because probably would be benchmarked as a huge game going into it as probably two teams that, like, one of them probably won't make it. And, you know, unfortunately for Yee, it was tipped to get off to the good start. Yeah, well, look, it was disastrous from a clear point of view, first and foremost. I mean, we, I suppose a lot of purchase had been put on the game, both from both sides of the divide, really, because Tiberi and the bad year they had didn't win a game in the Munster Championship last year. Clare, uh, after a decent year last year, especially in the Munster Championship, uh, had high hopes, uh, even though the league wasn't, Fantastic. It was difficult to judge the league, so we put a lot of stock into the championship. And unfortunately, um, things started to go wrong from a very early stage. And uh, once the goals started going in, um, we, in fairness, the players recovered and recovered and recovered. But there's only so many times you can shoot yourself in the foot before you run out of toes. So um, uh, that's unfortunately the goals kept coming and five goals. You just can't concede it in the Munster Championship and still hope to survive, even though we scored. 
323, which is good enough to win most games. But uh, unfortunately, Tip just that bit slicker and a bit more efficient, obviously, overall. And um, they've got off to a fantastic start now, have a break for two weeks until they play Cork. And Clare, obviously, into the Lions Den now of, of trying to face the, the All Ireland and Munster champions. Yeah, and to, to lose a game in Cusack Park as well, which is such a fortress for you, just. It just really didn't go right for you on the day. And as you said, there was just too many times you'd clock back that eventually, you know, the, just the tanks probably ran empty. Yeah, look, it, 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 actually, Tipperary are the only team to beat Clare in this round-robin series in Cusick Park. They did it in 2019. And that was a week before we went down to Limerick and got our our uh, our, our our cards there as well. About 18 points, I think, separated Clare and Limerick that day. Um, so we're hoping it won't be a repeat of that for, for definite from our side. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, Tipperary beat them well in, in 2019. We couldn't have any complaints that day. They were just just a better team uh, on the day. But I think it's infuriating on Sunday that, you know, a lot of that was our own undoing. You know, we were the architects of our own downfall by conceding the goals and the errors that we made. And even though we get back into the game by halftime, again, you know, we just on the back foot straight away with another goal, a, a black card and a penalty. And it was kind of game over at that stage. So, if you're beaten by a better team, you know, often you hold your hands up and say, you know, fair play to the opposition. But in this case, you know, when you when you're kind of uh, contributory to your own downfall, it's 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 hard to take. It's it's definitely a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah, Matt, were were you surprised? I suppose probably surprised by the scoring in the game, but were you surprised by the outcome? Not one hundred percent surprised, I would say. Um, because we've had this discussion, Jack, as you know, on the podcast before, and um, I think you looked alright at me a couple of times when I suggested that it, that that the three that might go through would be would, would be Limerick, um, Tip, and and Cork, and you were wondering about Clare, and I I I I had I had an element of doubt about Clare for the simple reason, and maybe my thinking was conditioned. Um, probably too much, I, I would say, by their performance in the All-Ireland semi-final last year. And I think you'll probably agree with me, on that that was a dark day in there because um, they, they, they'd done so well in the Munster Championship. They had done had done exceptionally well and, and the wheels kind of came off the wagon sort of on that day. And and um, I was just wondering, would there be carryover come, come the championship? And I know you can't judge it that much, um, you know, performances in the league, but um, I, I thought players' performances in the league were patchy at best. And, um, yeah, no, I wasn't 100% surprised. But, you know, I thought then, um, you know, a lot of me were saying, right, um, there's the Innes factor and, and the, the wonderful record that players have in Innes. And um, I was saying, you know, um, the shortcomings, I suppose, in the league, um, that it would all come together in the championship. But I... I had this sense all the time, right since very, very early in the league campaign, that Tipperary were, were, were of all counties, were the one that had shown the most improvement and were certainly going in the right direction. Yeah, and as Owen said now, they have a nice break. But for Clare, you know, you have you have to say it is the, it is the toughest, toughest task on paper is going to the Gaelic Crowns and playing Limerick. And we were there, I suppose it's only about a month and a half ago now, for that league clash. And Clare didn't really show their hand, but they're they're going to have to produce something this Saturday 
probably out of nowhere because if you if you lose your first two on, you're really staring down the barrel of the gun. Yeah, look, and and Davy Fitz then we went to completely put us out in in in, uh, in the third round. So I mean, you know, the, we're going from the the frying pan into the fire. Really, you look, I I take Matt's point about Kilkenny, but I I don't I wouldn't read too much into that. I just think Clare given so much in the Munster Championship that. Um, they just had no nothing left in the tank. The, the squad was a bit thinner at that stage, and um, and you know we just it, we, it was a step too far, really. I think I don't re- I wouldn't put that into the into the the results on on Sunday anyway for definite. I think the league was patchy, but I don't know if um, if that was nothing to do with it either because a, a lot of leagues were patchy, and I think Tipperary had to go for the league in in that sense, and that a new manager they had to build up confidence as well and going into that. So I think it was just came down to those errors. I think it. It'd be interesting to see how the game would have gone if if uh, the wheels hadn't come off in that uh, first couple of goals, at least. Um, because I think it would have been a fantastic contest. Not that it wasn't for a neutral, but just from a care perspective, it was best watch between your fingers now at that stage um, to, to best watch that game. Um, but yeah, look, they're going to have to produce it now. Uh, they're going to have to do it anyway, I suppose, against Limerick. But if they'd beaten Tip, obviously it was more of a free shot that like the Waterford uh, performance against Limerick that, you know, everyone expects Limerick to win it for good or for bad, but then uh, so <coughs> it's up to the opposition to kind of throw everything at it. Clare did it twice last year and, look, got two draws in normal time in both the, the group game and uh, the Munster final, but unfortunately uh, didn't beat Limerick on either. So, I mean, it, it, that was their best. Uh, they're going to have to even, even surpass that. Now, I, I get that Limerick didn't play to their optimum either on uh, at the on Sunday, but uh, I think Clare have a lot more improving obviously to do, and uh, and it's going to have to take an unbelievable performance to beat Limerick. I think on on, on Saturday evening. Yeah, you mentioned those two games last year, the two draws. Is is the most difficult thing about Limerick is to just actually get over the line because you know Clare came as close as anyone have over the three year spell, but still at the end of the day they were going to the semi and, and Limerick completed the three in a row. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. I mean, that's that's the experience of of winning what Limerick have won over the past three or four seasons and that, you know, you're winning leagues, you're winning championships. Clare haven't won anything like that. And those players in particular, outside of a few core players that are still there, going back to 2013 at this stage, you know, we haven't we didn't even win Munster finals when we were in them in, against Cork in 17 and 18. You know, it's a it's a big gap to any significant victory. So I'm not saying the group game in Ennis, I just thought it was a great open contest uh both sides were confident at that stage they were probably going to get through to the Munster final anyway uh regardless of the result uh but I think the Munster final itself cleared through everything they had at them and I thought you know I think I thought we did extremely well for most of the game but still it didn't rattle Limerick you know it didn't knock them off their perch they weren't behind there wasn't a, a puck of a ball between the, the, the teams at any stage until that extra time so it's kind of scary when you throw everything you have uh, and you still don't get over the line. So it's hard to see how they're going to come up with something. But I suppose that if any team has studied Limerick over the last couple of years, it is clear they've they've done a lot of catching up, especially in Brian Lowen's time uh, since that 2020 game where only a handful of us, I suppose, were actually there to witness it because of COVID in, in, in Thurles. But uh, that was an eye-opener for Clare as, in terms of strength and conditioning, especially how far they had to come uh, and I think they did a lot of catching up in the, the three years, the intervening period of those three years. But now with their backs to the wall, you know, did Clare peak last year or is there more left in the tank? That's all, all we're going to find out about on Saturday, I suppose. Yeah, and I suppose the green jersey will be motivation enough for Clare. But um, 
probably didn't see the whole game in Turles on Sunday, just being in Ennis, but what was your read on Limerick from what you did see? Look, I was expecting Waterford to come out, you know, with something, you know, under Davy anyway, you know, they always have something a little bit different. They come at you from a completely different angle. And I think John Kiley had said that the week before that he was expecting, uh, he was expecting the unexpected, let's say, uh, coming up to that game because in terms of uh, formations and tactics and stuff like that, Davy is very, very adept at, at, at kind of getting you on the blind side. So I think Limerick didn't play to their uh, best, that's for sure. Um, the sending off obviously didn't help uh, along the way, but the fact that, again, you know, they were met with all the blows that you're you're going to take and still came out a bit like the Ennis game last year where, uh, you know, there was a sending off as well and, and still survived. I think, you know, uh, there's a lot to be said for, for that character uh, when it's needed most and, and you're under the cosh a good bit. I mean, seven minutes of injury time. Uh, we were watching that in Cusick Park at that stage. You're thinking to yourself, um, uh, Waterford will surely get a chance here, but they just couldn't take the chances. You know, I mean, uh, Steve, uh, uh, Austin Gleeson went through there, should have taken a point of plenty of time left, opted to go for goal. That's not something that Limerick would do at the other end if they were in a similar position. There's just no panic within Limerick. They just get the job done. And I think it's it's a fantastic start for Limerick, even though they know they have plenty to improve upon. You can't get much better than that. Yeah, Matt, we'll talk about the game more in depth in a while, but what was your initial take on the game from Turles? Oh, sure, look, um, uh, it, it was certainly Limerick below par, there's no no doubt about that, but, um, uh, you know, that, that that in some ways would be disrespectful to, um, to Davy Fitzgerald and Waterford because a lot of it was the way that Waterford set themselves out and I, I, I think they brought a level of intensity and a level of work rate um, to the game that uh, you know that Limerick certainly didn't uh, didn't expect. And uh, apart from the first ten minutes when Limerick were completely on top, they, they they found it hard to match it. And and you would wonder as 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 the game went on, would they be able to sustain it? But but they did. And uh, you know you could have had a different result had Waterford been a bit more clinical with the target in sight. Um, the, the 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 scoring of the wide statistics do not make good reading for Limerick. They had six wides. Our Waterford had thirteen, and 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 some of the wides, um, some of the wides late in the game from Waterford came from players that you're back at your house and to put them over the bar, but they didn't. Um, I suppose a bit of it maybe was from the pressure of the Limerick defence, but I'll t- I'll tell you. Um, the sweetest sound I had for a long, long time, Jack, was the referee's final whistle last Sunday evening. Yeah, there was there was a, there was a good roar on Turles when when that went out. Oh, and Matt mentioned there the the kind of work rate and the intensity, and that's something that was clear that um that Claire brought last year in those two games, and they really need to hit the heights there just to kind of try and rattle Limerick because to be fair to Limerick, they are so composed in any sort of scenario, as we saw against Claire last year with the red card and again. Water with red card again. Yeah, look, and, and and you know what? It was a strange thing on in Cusick Park on 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 Sunday as well that there wasn't really that physical edge. Uh, you'd expect that from Clare and Tipperary. I mean, we've seen it over the years, but I don't think Clare put in a a, a a big tackle, you know, a big shoal or anything like that that you would suggest. It was very unusual actually because um, because with all that was at stake, you'd expect it to be a very very intense game. It wasn't actually. It was more tactically done I think the goals obviously messed up that as well but but uh, you think that even out of frustration at some stage you'd hit a shoulder or you'd make a big tackle or something like that but it, that wasn't the case and I, 
I think we're going to have to do it. I mean, if you remember the Munster final, I mean, the first 10 minutes there, John uh, Keenan swallowed the whistle and uh, it was, it was, a, a, it was a, a free-for-all there. You know, it was really, really manly stuff. And I think Clare had to step up in terms of physicality. I mentioned that over the three years and I think they got to that kind of peak last year. But they're going to have to rediscover it again. It's, we're going to have to play with more fire and brimstone than... Then the tactical stuff, I think, uh, you know, we've tried it a couple of different ways against Limerick. It hasn't worked. Obviously, you're you're going to have your basic tactics to to ensure that you don't get uh, mauled at the same time. But I, I think we are going to have to play with a lot of heart and, and a lot of character um, in order to to really get back and get the crowd behind them, the clear crowd, because, you know, there'll be a good clear crowd there as well. I mean, it's going to be a, an unbelievable atmosphere, as there always is between clear and Limerick, no matter what the grade. Yeah, there is. And I suppose one player that kind of brings that kind of heavy metal hurdle, I suppose, one of the word, is David Fitzgerald. And you'll, you'll have him back and uh, I'd say we just dropped there for a second. But um, David Fitzgerald was obviously missing at the weekend. Owen, you know, he's a huge loss for you. You'll, you'll have him back and he'll kind of bring that fight to Limerick. Yeah, uh, he will. Um, unfortunately, I suppose there's a couple of other injury doubts as well that we're just not sure about. And uh, I suppose David Reedy, if you remember from the Limerick game, was probably the form player of uh, uh, for Clare in the, in the up front anyway in the National League. Uh, he missed out through a hamstring injury. Shane Amore, who just came back into the panel this year, uh, missed out through a hamstring injury as well as as David for uh, Fitzgerald's suspension. So. If you had the three of those back in, it would it would add to the pack significantly. Fitzgerald obviously is a, a big player. He won an All-Star last year, let's not forget as well. So he, he had a, a massive year from him and, and can make a big impact. And he's a physical guy and, and does a lot of running around the centre. Ryan Taylor came off kind of late in the game. So uh, let's hope that he, uh, Fitzgerald isn't replacing just Ryan Taylor in, in that either because uh, Ryan Taylor had a very good second half while, while he was probably alone and maybe missed a few uh, scores that he could have got five or six points to his name. So, yeah, look, we, we have to add to the pack rather than than just be replacing players that are injured at the moment. So Fitzgerald is a big addition, but we're going to need more from the established players that we have there as well, the likes of Tony Kelly and, and Peter Duggan and those in terms of score. And then even Shane O'Donnell didn't get a score, even though he played quite well in his first game of 2023 last time out. There was some positive aspects though in the forward line. You know, Aidan McCarthy was a one thirteen he got. You know, Mark Rogers got his two goals that you know, they're probably newish proposition. We ought we know him for the last few years, but like they probably won't have been at this peak against Limerick before. Obviously Limerick will have the likes of Sean Finn and Mike Casey and these boys took after him. But there is some interesting matchups and Claire will, you know, look to make hay with the likes of McCarthy and Rogers. Yeah, I mean, Ed McCarthy, I think he's played, I think he played 12 or 13 times for Clare before that. He was at centre-back, he was everywhere. He only got 113 in, in all those previous games up to Sunday and then got 113 in the one game on his first day back, so after two years. So that in itself was a great positive for, for Clare because he missed the entire last year. Mark Rogers, who's been kind of on the scene for a while, probably known more for UL, really, and his heroics there, uh, just as much as, as uh, playing for Clare. That was actually his first championship start. Uh, on Sunday and and as his first goals as well for for Clare, so uh, he was he was phenomenal at the end of the first half with those two goals, but then didn't get a didn't get a ball in the second half, wasn't given any supply. So there are two great additions, Shane Meehan as well off the bench. Um, he's a guy that has played no hurling this year through injury and uh, is an option there, probably not to start, but definitely 
an impact player off the bench as well. So yeah, look, there is there are a lot of options there. Um, I think in particular we've got no change out of the full fo- or full back line for Limerick in the last couple of years. You had the year where in 2020 where Tony Kelly came roving all over the place, and I think he got 15 or 16 points, but that wasn't really from the full forward line. I think Peter Duggan was in there last year. He got no change whatsoever there in the full back line, and uh, uh, we we found it difficult to get scores and we're probably going to need goals let's be honest to to get back into this uh, championship so um it's hard to know how we're going to get much change out of a, a, a Limerick full back line they they all look like Noel Connors to me back there anyway they're they're uh, big physical men and um it's it's hard to see how you get past them yeah it is Matt all the same you know Claire did still score three twenty three you know and that's with Tony Kelly and he got a point as Owen said Shane O'Donnell didn't score they've they fits to come back into that line that you know they are potent up front if they get the opportunities now they will be limited but um they'll have to be more efficient than water definitely they will and the, the first thing you, you you need to nail is and i i think um on touched on it there like um the, the the intensity and that that was in the player um Tipperary game. It'll be a totally different thing on 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 Saturday night. You're you're obviously going to see a different Limerick. They're going to go away, pass, and forensically analyze um their performance last Sunday. And you know there, there were glaring deficiencies in the Limerick performance last Sunday, which will be rectified. But the Clare will do the same. And uh, whilst they have a potent uh, attack, and and I I think and I suppose you'd agree with me um um on on this that um. Heretofore, in in the last twelve months or in recent times, um, there, there was a certain overdependence on the part of Clare on the, the scoring prowess of Tony Kelly. Now I I think that there's a three pronged attack with Clare because of the the arrival on the scene of Aidan, uh, the the rearrival on the scene of Aidan McCarthy, and I suppose Aidan McCarthy finding his niche and like in in fairness, when he played in defence, he was a very very good defender as well. And and um, and the arrival of Mark Rogers, so that that that's going to work. But it, it, it's at the back, you know. Like on said, like player scored three twenty three, should be good enough to win any match, you, you know. In in even in the Munster Championship, but it, it's the frailties at the back. And I, I suppose if there's any good thing that will come out of it in that regard from last Sunday. Is that that Clare have discovered that at this point um, they still have three games left, and that they were that, that they will, you know, have to take remedial action. The full back line was was under serious trouble. The back four were under serious trouble, and uh, you know the statistics don't lie. And um, we saw where the five goals came from. All right, yeah, the, the first goal was of a fortuitous nature because it was a line ball, I think, from from um, Jason Ford. But but after that the problem was close to the full back line. Yeah, and they're they are going to be troubled with Galan, Casey, and, and Flanagan firing at the weekend. Finally, for me on the the weekend's game, Matt, you might want to jump in afterwards. But from you know, Watford did get very very close, and you know, you mentioned the one with Austin Gleeson, he should have thrown it over, and there was a few like that. Is there any major things that Claire can take from Watford's performance and say, yeah, we'll implement that and and hope for the same. Yeah, they, they 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 probably will, and you see, um, the the question is, you know, was it, um, was it enough there on the part of Limerick, or was it the first signs that Limerick and um, the force that they were, 
you know, and I, I, I think that will be really put to the test on Sunday evening, on Saturday evening. Because you must remember, Jack, that Limerick going to the game on Saturday evening, defending an unbeaten record dating back to 2019 when they were beaten in the final round by Tipperary. They haven't lost in the Munster Championship since. All right, two years were, were, um, were um, straight knockout. But the only, the only county that really has put a lady glove on them of any description has been Clare. Because like they drew with him in the last round of the league last year in Innes. They drew with him in the Munster final in Tullus and Limerick went, went on to win in extra time. And if there's anything, Jack, um, and you'll excuse me for saying it, um, Owen, if there's anything that focused the minds of Clare holders and Clare folk, it's the sight of a Limerick jersey. So yeah. um, Clare against Tipperary and Clare against Limerick are two totally different beasts. Yeah. Oh, and anything you know, you you thought you thought coming, I suppose, watching the game in Turles that you thought, yeah, Claire need to you know implement that. Well, just on that point, <coughs> there we we we're not going to only have to lay a glove in them. We're probably going to have to have a horseshoe inside the gloves to to really have a knockout blow because um, we we I think Claire would have preferred that if Limerick had kind of mauled Waterford and kind of won quite easily because then they might have taken us likely with the with the with the results in Ennis. Um, now uh, Limerick know they have to improve um, and uh, you know Matt was wondering was it a blip uh, I think we've seen from experience that it, it probably is you know what I mean you're going on that experience and all that you know you, you can't see that it's, it's, it'll be more of a pattern so they're going to obviously be, uh, have a bit of introspection over the, the coming days and they're going to be coming back with a point to prove but so are Claire and, and we're going to have to do a lot more so I think they're Claire will, will definitely have to look at what Waterford were doing. I think they'll know themselves anyway from from playing Limerick previously. Um, I think we, we got it very wrong tactically in 2020 to that we just held our positions and let the, the Limerick half-forward line just roam anywhere they wanted and they could just pick off points at will. I think if you go with them, that's going to be a mistake as well. So I think you have to have, have a blend between the two where uh, sometimes you sit and sometimes you go. And I think Probably clear will be trying to do something similar at the other side. Uh, you know, there's a lot of this two men full forward lines now and then kind of congesting the middle and trying to make that space inside where guys are going to run and there's going to be a lot of roving players around. I think in terms of performances, yeah, definitely Claire are going to have to cut out any mistakes. It's going to have to be flawless, really. The back, I think, were under pressure, but I think they were exposed a lot of the time um, against Tipperary. Tipperary got that tactically right where... They just allowed the a two-man full forward line and Clare just only had two defenders back there for 65 metres and then uh, in the second half, Roland Maher just sat there. So uh, I don't think Clare will be as naive again, but we're going to have to do, we're going to have to up the performance nearly like two or three hundred percent off of going off Sunday anyway. So it's a long shot, but as Matt said, it's a, it's a derby at the end of the day and anything can happen in the derby. So we don't know with uh, sendings off or injuries or anything like that that goes along. So Look, sure, we'll all be there anyway, and it'll probably be another roller coaster ride, hopefully. Yeah, look, we're just looking forward to another, another exciting game between uh, Clare and Limerick. Briefly, to be another game between Clare and Limerick on Tuesday, the, the minor semi final. Obviously, Limerick were beaten by Cork last night. Clare were in the semi final already, but couldn't get to the final. Um, it's it's a good, good minor side, um, Owen. I know they lost to Limerick in the second round, but. On the day, I think it was just two goals kind of pulled it through. But we've seen a lot of lads in Arts Coleridge, the, the likes of Mark O'Brien and Michael Collins that, uh, and Jamie Mylan, a few more. It's a nice squad you have there. 
Yeah, look, funny enough, uh, the team that got to the Munster final last year went on to, uh, they only lost it on penalties to Tipperary and went on to the All-Ireland semi-final. That wasn't, it was supposed to be this year's team that was supposed to be, make the, the impact, really. Um, I suppose today, particularly after the Limerick game, they they hadn't performed to their optimum, that's for sure. Um, uh, they played quite well against Tipperary, but the conditions were tough. Uh, and then after that, I think that Cork performance was particularly good for them. I know Cork were missing their best player in the night, but uh, Clare were, that was their best performance. Even though they had a lot of wides on the night, they still scored 17 points and, and got through it. So I think there's a bit of confidence brewing there. Obviously, they'll have a point to prove against Limerick. It seems to be a, a common trade here in this uh, so far. But um, they have a point to prove against Limerick just because they were beaten by them. And I think that was their most disappointing performance and game so far. So they'll have an edge on that. They obviously have home advantage as well, whereas they played in the, in the Gaelic rounds the last time out. And I think... Limerick, um, you know, will be disappointed how they finished that. I, I think it was a good game last night, obviously a good game of hurling and all that. Uh, but I think there's more gears in Limerick as well. And I, they'll feel that they had the Indian sign over clear. So I think it'll be a great contest again on Tuesday. And then, and uh, I, I think it could go either way, really. Um, to face Cork in the final now is going to be tough. Uh, but it's about trying to make through there by whatever means. I think home advantage maybe gives Clare an edge uh, on this occasion. Yeah, another watering again to Fortan. Finally, before we go briefly, I know you've given us half an hour already, but you did get the upper hand over Limerick uh, on Saturday night in the Gaelic rounds in the, the Munster football semi-final and probably long overdue for, for Clare to be in a Munster final. Um, You know, only lost in penalties last year and having having knocking on the door. And I suppose that win over Cork gave him huge confidence, but only got just got over the line against Limerick. There was obviously... An awful lot of separate teams in Ennis and Ennis um for the final round of the league. But look, Claire got the, the job done and you'll be you'll be happy to be in a Munster final. Look, I think in general, it, a, a Claire win over Limerick is long overdue at any grade at this stage. We'll we'll take anything. Um uh, look, you're right in the football. Look, I don't think Limerick or Claire are good favourites uh, when it comes to football, uh, senior football in particular. I thought we did very well to to overcome Cork the first day out. But I, I think everyone really knew that that uh, that Limerick that showed in the league and that performance against Clare in the league wasn't going to be anywhere near what they're going to produce in the in the championship. We saw that last year when they came to Ennis and and really rattled Clare, who probably thought, like subconsciously anyway, that all they had to do was turn up and beat them. Um, uh, Limerick had a great year last year, are struggling a bit, but I think that was a bit of grit from Limerick that that the Cole County needed to to show that they're not uh, as bad as they had shown in some parts of the league. Uh, I think for Clare, they were nervy. It's kind of like a team that hadn't made it to a Munster final and they haven't done Cullum Collins, which is kind of strange for all the achievements that they've done to stay in Division 2 for as long as they did up to this year um, and, their, and their runs in the qualifiers as well. They've been particularly poor in Munster. So I think it was long overdue for Clare to get there. They just about did it in the end. Limerick almost pulled off another uh, major coup but I think that little bit of experience that Claire, the extra experience that they have, um, just about got them over the line. There's a, a good bit of leadership there that was needed. Um, it would have been disastrous for Claire to lose that. So I think to get to a Munster final, even though they're playing the All-Ireland champions, um, they were hoping for it in, in Ennis, but now it's it's going to be in the Gaelic crowns. Um, uh, yeah, you've... They, they've once they started dropping out there, they have experience of of winning in the Gaelic Crowns already met and uh, we uh, I'd say we might have lost on there just with Kerry he's back I, now I 
Um, He's back. Sorry, you just Jake, dropped there for a second as you were about to... Yeah, just for a second, but it's all right. Um, you said about home comforts and the Gaelic crowns, but you're, you have you have the win there already. So, look, there's, yeah. there's probably not much just, expected to think... there for a Munster final, and obviously... Go on. Yeah, look, I, I think I think it's a free shot against Kerry. I think because the, the, the main goal for Clare was to get to that All-Ireland Championship, uh, the, to be in the Talton Cup, it uh, would have been disastrous for that panel that uh, kind of feel after getting to last year's All-Ireland quarter-final that they should be in that company. So I think it was a major test of character to get to the Munster final and be in the All-Ireland Championship. So it's a free shot against Kerry now. They obviously have no one will want expect them to, to do anything in that game. But we've gone out to contain Kerry before. I think Clare will have to go at them a small bit more. And really, uh, that's where they beat Cork. Uh, that's where they eventually got over the line against Limerick has been that aggressive uh, kind of ravenous uh, hunting and packs kind of play. So I think they have to do that against Kerry. But look, it's it's a really long shot. Like, yeah, but Jack, I'd, Jack, I'd like to remind one that Limerick Gaelic Grounds is the scene of one of players' most famous victories back in 1992. Yeah, <laughs> and can history repeat itself? What? Yeah. Well, we'll we'll be praying for that. I mean, everyone in Clare says they were at that game. I don't think that's physically possible, but uh, everyone says they were at it in the Gaelic Crowns that day. But I, I uh, look, it was a very memorable occasion. But unfortunately, it was the last time um, that we, we were we we won a Munster Championship. So it's over thirty years ago. It's long overdue. And look, uh, look, it'd be made it'd be major to do it. But uh, let's be realistic. Carry the All Ireland champion. So it's going to be. It's it would take. It would take something monumental to to get clear over the line. Yeah, I yeah. Were... Speaking of speaking of clear there, Jack. You know, you, you you must admire you you must admire Colin Collins and he and his clear football team. And all right, yeah, it's the first time in his reign that they've got to a Munster final. But the manner in which they picked themselves up last year after the defeat in the Munster Championship and claimed the scalps of Mayo and Roscommon before eventually going down to Derry. You know, I, I I think that gives you a sense of what Clare are, are, are about, and 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 um, you, you know where Clare are at now. I I suppose Clare Owen were unlucky to be relegated. You yeah, know, look, they had, should, a, lot, they had a lot of games. Kildare. Yeah, they had a lot of games with well, the game in their hands against Kildare, against Dublin and Crow Park. Would you believe they were? Yeah. There were a couple of points up with a couple of minutes to go and should have seen that when I one of those would have kept them up. But look, they are where they are now and um, I think it's all about the championship. Uh, we won't worry too much about the league. It'll just be about seeing where they can make an impact in the All-Ireland Championship. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I think they're there. equipped to do so, you know. Yeah, Limerick and Clare will renew acquaintances in, in the league next year. Clare got to uprend this year in the two games. But you mentioned there everyone saying they were there in 1992. I'd imagine... Literally everyone will be there this Saturday night in the Gaelic Crown. Seven o'clock throw-in. I'd imagine get there early because, you know, it's going to be a lot of local traffic from around the Gaelic Crown's area. But, Owen, you've been really good with your time. 35 minutes. I won't ask you for your prediction because I'd imagine we'll be we'll be going different there. But promise to be a cracking game. And, you know, the Munster Championship is back. And like this, it's going to be so clear after this weekend, probably. But you could always, you could also get the case if Limerick beat... Eric, if Clare beat Limerick and, and Cork beat Tip, you'd have four teams and two points already. So I'd say that's what you'll be hoping for. But um, Owen, thanks very much and, and the best of luck and we'll see you Saturday night. Yeah, take it handy on us now, will you? <laughs> thanks, for, th th thanks for joining us, Owen. 
yeah, no we'll, problem. We'll, we'll, see, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Thanks very much, Sean. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank thanks. you. Now, that's Owen Brennan giving us the view from Clare ahead of uh, this Saturday's Munster Senior Hurling Championship second round game in, in the two scale of crowns. Went through the game in depth there, Matt. Um, briefly, just going back to Waterford. I know, I know I asked you your thoughts on it, but the resilience shown by Limerick, I think, is really going under the radar. There's a lot being made of potential red cards and Waterford's inaccuracy, but I, I don't think there was too many teams that would have managed that game out like Limerick did. No, no, um, that's that. That is absolutely to the credit, to their credit, and and how they have evolved and developed as a team over the year and years, and the the, the sort of mental strength and 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 resilience, and and that's 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 what it took, um, especially when um, Groad Hegarty was sent off. I think we were only a point up. Um, yeah. But I, I thought that the, it, it certainly galvanised Limerick, and um, uh, you know we subsequently went four or five points up. So um, look overall, Jack. Um, it, it's a day that we were lucky to get out of it. Um, we got out of it, so we move on. But. Um, John Kiley, in his post-match interview, Jack, you, you you probably heard him tackled about the narrative that was going on about Limerick prior to the game, about they were going to win four, five, and six All-Islands in a row, which um, I won't repeat what he described it as, but it was, it was very apt how he described it. But somebody yeah. needs to um, somebody needs to respond and nail the post-match narrative that's going on. And some of the stuff that I've heard and I've seen written from people who should know an awful lot better, um, it's time that they come off it. And let's let let's have a bit of balance. Let's have a bit of balance yeah, in the commentary, and let's have a bit yeah, of balance balance in the narrative. Um, you 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 you'd swear it was it it it, it was monsters against angels that Sunday's game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that's why the resilience was kind of was kind of lost. And like looking, I just have the scores here. Um, Stephen Bennett brought it back to within a point. Aaron Galan got a free then, and then he had his penalty saved, and Garode got the red card. But the next four scores came from Limerick. I remember Tom Morrissey came up really clutch. Um, there was a miss free in there as well. Barry Natch came up from from cornerback, and just real leaders on the team up we needed most um you know and, and that bodes well because weren't but whether it was a mix of I think Walford got a lot of soft freeze but Limerick pulled off the gas and, and, and Walford got back into it and the crowd got into it and, and that's the beauty of the Munster Championship that it can change like, like a light switch with the with the crowd getting involved and, and things and it'll refocus Limerick if anything you know it's it's probably it's probably a very good result for Limerick to get a two point win against all odds as opposed to you know they beat Watford handily in the dollar and final in 20 and dollar and semi-final 21 that they got a really good test that'll prime from Clare because Clare will bring everything oh, Clare are going to bring absolutely everything and it's going to be a different Clare and as Owen was saying there like that, that, that the intensity that you'd normally expect between Tipperary and Clare 
it, it wasn't there at all last Sunday. It was more an open game, and that's why you you got those huge scores. Um, albeit like the the the, the clear defence, they 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 coughed up the five goals if you like, because like the 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 first goal from 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 Jason Ford, you know. But um, it's it it, it look it, it, the two games uh, last weekend will have very very little impact on what's going to happen in the Gaelic grounds next Saturday evening. It's a, it'll be a totally different dynamic. Oh. And, uh, you know, you could say it'll be welcome to the Munster Championship next Saturday evening. Yeah, it, it promises to be a cracker. I imagine we're going to be close to sell out under the lights. Limerick were, were dominant when they met in the same venue at the same time during the league, but I can't imagine it's going to be Anywhere like that, and I mentioned those 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 dangerous forwards that that Watford have, but at the same time, you know, the Limerick forward line clicked when it clicked for those fifteen minutes in the first half the, the other day. You know, they really really clicked. Grow got a pair in the first half. Tom finished with two. Peter Casey got two. Flanning got a goal in the point. Um, Aaron got seven. I think two of those are from play. But one positive from Limerick is really big players, the likes of Keane. Kyle Hayes were quietish. Barry was quietish. You know, Will and Darren midfield are quietish. That you know, Limerick know that if everyone isn't firing, they have enough. That if someone is going well, that they can nearly pull them through. And like Sakine then and Kyle and those boys will be really anxious just to to lay down their marker this Saturday. Absolutely, and you know the fact that you won with the, with those boys below their best is like money in the bank, Jack. Um, going going forward, yeah. critical of course, critical to Limerick's chances, and also will be um, whether Declan Hannan can return, whether he can recover in time to take his place against Clare. Um, that 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 will be very 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 important, and um, uh, I understand that best it's touch and go. Yeah, like he didn't he didn't appear to limp off or, or anything like that, but I did hear in during the day that there was a chance that he. Uh, he wouldn't be starting, but to be fair, you know, Dan Morris, he went in at six. Uh, um, still and all, you do miss the presence of Declan Hannon at six, just as, you know, he he conducts the the, the, the defence with his, with his speaking and his position, and also he starts so many attacks that he is so crucial to the team. Absolutely. Uh, he's pivotal, Jack. We, we, we've been saying it all the time, you know, and when 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 I saw him heading for the sideline last Sunday, I got serious fitted jitters. I can tell you that now because um, I know of his importance of it, and especially in the cauldron of a Munster Championship game uh, against the fired-up Waterford side. And you knew straight away that Davy Fitz was going to adjust his 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 forces, you know, to take account of the fact that Hannon was off the field. Um, but full credit to Dan Morrissey and Mikey Casey. Who I, who I thought did excellently again at fullback. Yeah. Um, uh, they they um, they down the hatches. It was as simple as that. And like Waterford got clear cut chances towards the finish, Jack. But I think they were shooting under pressure, and that's perhaps why why the wides mounted up. But um, look, Jack, that's history now. That is history. I, I I'm sure there'll be in depth analysis done of that this week in the Limerick camp. With a view to ensuring um, that it'll be a different type of performance that we'll see from Limerick next Saturday evening. You see, the prize 
the prize for Limerick next Saturday evening is win the win the hurling match, and you're almost assured of of being in the knockout stages of the competition. Because because even if Clare and if and if Waterford are beaten by Cork, if Clare and Waterford were to even finish on four, you'd be on four points, and if they were to finish on four points, either or of them, you know, you'd have to hit you'd have to hit to head on them. Yeah, it's it's a huge it's a huge chance, and you know Clare got as close as anyone did Limerick last year. So I'm sure John Kyle and them will be happy to not only lay down a marker, but maybe put them in in the rearview mirror because they could be as good as eliminated um, this weekend. Um, you touched on you know inaccuracies there, and I know I said Kyle was quiet, but he showed incredible um, burst of pace to get back and stop Ozzy Gleeson as he bore down on goal. But the defensive effort overall, I thought, was very good from Limerick, and I thought Sean Finn was. <laughs> back to his phenomenal best. He's like a magnet to the ball, wherever it bounced. And obviously, it's coming from his intellect and positioning, but, you know, Barry got a lot of credit during the league for his score and exploits, but they dovetail so nicely. But and there isn't a better defender in the country than Sean Finn. Pat, Pat, oh, no. But you, I, I, I've been saying, that we, we had this discussion, Jack, in, in the context of the All-Stars last year. There I mentioned that, you know. <laughs> and there's no question about it. The best right fullback in the country, by a country mile, is, is Sean Finn. And he, he's, proven, he's proven it again this year. Like, Sean Finn has nothing to prove to anybody. But getting back to Kyle Hayes and Barry Nash maybe not being their usual best, you, you must hand a bit of credit to Davy Fitzgerald for that because... He ensured um, that as little ball as possible went down the water with right flank. If if you notice, yeah, an true, awful lot of the puck outs, an awful lot of the puck outs came down more Dermot Burns's wing. And and um, and um, you, you know it, it it ensured that the the, the it, it limited um, the, the the chances of Kyle Hayes and Barry Nash getting on the ball because. Uh, you know, you, you you get Kyle Hayes on the ball, he's going to hurt you. Yeah, and it, it was like a, a man-marking job on the defenders, you know, because I think Colin Dunford was over with Barry a lot. He didn't, I don't know, remember him getting the ball at all, but his job was to keep Barry away from it. And Mikey Kiley, who's a brilliant forward, was over on Kyle for a share of it and dragged him down repeatedly at one stage and Kyle got a yellow. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how that came to fruition. But look, Limerick did what they had to do. They got the job done. It at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if they bet them by 20 points or two points. A win is a win. Two points on the board. They'll be very happy with it. Um, just before we go from the game, briefly on the, the red card, Matt. What was your, your take well, the on the ca- two yellows? The, the, red card, the red card was at the far side from me. Uh, and I'm only relying on the footage that I saw on television, which, which is not very, very clear-cut in my opinion. Um, it could be either or, but... Um, I be I ask more questions about the first yellow card. Yeah, and I I think the first came from there was a lot of freeze given in a in a kind of quick fire space in the first half, and obviously Garod was this was protesting someone else is innocent because he didn't give away any of those freeze. So obviously he said something, and the ref picked it up as a yellow. I just thought in real time, <laughs> the second yellow was harsh. You know, you're on a yellow, so you're giving the ref a chance to do it. So it was probably foolish in in a small way towards that. But I think, you know, Garod, he's probably six foot five, sixteen or seventeen stone. You know, he's powerful man. 
that if he hits you, you're going to feel it. And it comes back to that, you know, are we treating these players differently because they're probably physically, you know, superior than other fellas? I don't, I don't, I don't like the narrative coming out that Limerick are a dirty team because they got a red. Because in my eyes, it was a softish red, and if someone else had committed those fouls, there wouldn't be a word written about it on, on Monday morning. No, and and, and like there, 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 there was fouls committed on the other side, Jack, uh, and yeah. incidents on and the it, other side, and and there's doesn't a word about them. And I'm absolutely yeah. and, sick of what I'm listening to since last since last Sunday. As I said at the outset of my remarks on this particular issue, from people that should know an awful lot better, I think the only one that gave a proper take on it was the former Kilkenny player, Tommy Walsh. And yeah, of course, I, I think Tommy came from a time. Of course, he, he, yeah, exactly. He was speaking from exact experience of having lived through the situation, living through a, where Limerick are now. Yeah, and you know it's a physical game. Like it's a really, really physical sport. You're playing with Harley's helmets. You're going to get belts. You're going to get bangs, bangs. You're going to get bruises. Some stuff now is over the top, and worse than others. But I think this narrative that Limerick are a dirty team—they're just a physically impressive side. There's more scrutiny on them. Tommy Walsh was the, was the man. If you want to listen to someone explain it properly. Tommy Walsh is your man, as you said. But look, at the end of the day, the job was done. Limerick, get off the board. Um, for a second, on Clare, we, we spoke about that. I presume you fancy Limerick to make it two from two. I fancy Limerick, but it's going to be very, very difficult, Jack. It's going yeah. to be very, very difficult. Clare's backs up to the wall on this one. And I, I'm a small bit worried about the additional potency that they have in the attack. The, the, the like of Rogers and McCarthy, you know, and um, may, you know maybe Tony Kelly isn't as much to the fore as 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 he was, would say last year, um, but that could all change on Saturday evening. Yeah, and but I'm going for them. I'm going for Limerick, but for a narrow Limerick win. Yeah, and I think that someone like Sean Finnegan will relish like the opposition of maybe an Aidan McCarthy coming in or a Mark Rogers or. Even Peter Duggan. I think he loves those kind of battles. Mikey Casey, the same. The likes of Will and Dar Donovan do so much work that they'll help between the wing-back lines. It'll be huge if Declanon is fit. But I just think Limerick have the defensive noons to, you know, to, to kind of curb that. And the attackers, when they were on last week, really, really shone. So I would definitely be in the Limerick camp for that game. But, you know, it's not going to be... A one-way traffic, it's going to be a difficult game, but certainly one to look forward to. Um, and to the footballers, Matt, you know... But, was... be, but before you go to the footballers there, um, you know, Sunday is going to be a very, very interesting game in Cork because it's for Cork's first appearance in the championship and um, it'll be interesting to see what will Waterford, what, uh, um, how Waterford will set up. Um, and of course, if they bring the same fire and brimstone that they brought to Torles last Sunday, they, they will make it difficult for Cork down in Parky Cueve. Um, but but Cork are in the happy position that, um, you know, a lot of the players that suffered through uh, suffered injuries, um, before during uh, the league campaign, the like of Dara Fitzgibbon and Tim O'Mahony and these are all fully fit. Mark Coleman is going to miss out on, on Downey is going to miss out through suspension. But 
Cork, Cork will nearly have the best hand that's available to him. And of course, to be a major boost him were Robbie O'Flynn to make it. He got injured against Limerick, so uh, he must be closing in on a return. So it 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 it'll be very interesting, and it, you, you know it that will give us a better sense of where Waterford are at. Yeah, and it, it, we, we had Tomas McCarthy on here last week, and and Tomas, you know, he, he he said out straight, you know, that they were targeting the court game. Now, um, they're, they're going to be without Tyg de Borca, but they have the advantage that they, they, they will have Aston Gleeson from the start. So one, yeah, one will yeah. probably cancel out, cancel out the other, but it's going to be a very, very interesting game. Carlos. You, you, you know, we're water to lose it. It's nearly curtains in the Munster Championship again. But who who do you think will win? I think Cork will win. Yeah, I I back Cork and Watford to come out with Limerick. So for that to happen, I think Watford need to get points in the board. But I do I do think Cork will win. I think they'll be keen to kind of lay down a marker like Tipperary did. We'll say, but yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting weekend, and we'll know more. Once we've seen everyone play, and we'll have seen three of them play twice, we'll know more about the, the state of play in the Munster Championship. The state of play in the Munster Football Championship is a Clare and Kerry final, and we touched on it a nice bit with um, Owen earlier on. But for Limerick, look, have to take the positives. Their best performance of the year by a long shot. Kick 16 points. Most of those from play had good scoring returns from a lot of fellas, um, had chances to win it, which will be probably the most difficult aspect to, to take. They had um, Brian Donovan had a decent goal chance um, late on. It was well saved. Killian Fahey missed the mark that he, he's so reliable on. He had kicked two points already and probably fatigued set in. But Limerick pushed him all the way. Clare had beaten Cork previously. Um, but, you know, a good game to get Talchon Cup to look forward to. Suddenly things are really looking up. For Limerick football, absolutely, because there, there was an air of despondency and an air of let me say of a couple, you know, in in some in some quarters of I told you so, um, in 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 the aftermath of the league, um, but it, it, it's great that, that 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 has been put to bed because it, it was a performance that almost brought off another sensational victory, and yeah, um. It, it 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 was Limerick. It it was Limerick back showing the type of of um, spirit and the, the the you know the type of football that 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 brought him into Division Two in the first place. And I'm convinced, and I have said this here a number of times, Jack. Were it not for um, the, the the scheduling of the football league, and of course it, that was nobody's fault, having to travel to Derry and play Derry, Dublin in the first two rounds. You know that in you know was a real sucker for Limerick, and then to go close to beating Lout in RD and just failing, you know, um, it, it it was all wrong at the start of the league, you know, and had 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 the fixtures been in a different order, you know, we may have a different we may we may be having a different narrative about about Limerick's league campaign, but look. Um, all is not lost. Um, out of the Munster Championship into the Tarleton Cup, maybe, maybe it's it's not a bad thing. Um, um, you have Don Brennan stressing there the importance of for Clare of getting into the Sam Maguire Cup. 
you know, we, 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 you know, we, we all love to be, you know, in, in, in up, up at the highest echelon. But look, Limerick can have a decent run in the Tarleton Cup, Jack. Yeah, I think make this no year, mistake about it. I think this year the the Tarleton Cup suits them a lot more than last year would have because they were on the crest of a wave last year. Bit of a blip this year, and that'll give them a chance to play against teams probably close to their own level. You know, like we we had going to play Kerry last year and it was good to, to see where the barometer is and they went on and won not Ireland and Clare will have that now but for Limerick I think it's important that they're going to play in teams closer to their own level you know get good competitive games and, and please God there can be a lengthy run in the Talchon Cup we obviously don't know who they're going to play yet so we'll have to wait and see but positive positive um, evenings work for Mark Fitz and his team could have been a lot better but certainly couldn't have been much worse you know or it could have been it could have been a lot worse if they hadn't performed but they performed and that's that's the key thing, and look, we can look forward. That, that um, is that that is the key, and and you know the change of manager and everything towards at a crucial stage of the season. But um, it it has given Matt Fitzgerald an opportunity to get his leg, his feet under the table, as it were, <coughs> and reassess his forces. Even though he had been in part of the previous management structure, but he able to put his own stamp on it, and and by God, it came it it came close. It came close to dislodging player out of the Munster Championship. Yeah, so the best look to Mark on his side, the, it's, you know, the, the five weeks away, it certainly helped the preparation. They'll have a few more now so they can get their, their ducks more in a row and they'll be ready to go for the Talchon Cup. The minor footballers, Matt, um, will have a big chance to reach that phase one final this Thursday. They play Waterford in McNeville Park. If they win, and Tipperary avoid uh, a loss to Clare. They'll be in the final against Tipperary and repeated last year. Um, if if Clare win, it comes down to score, and that could be that could be difficult for for them to overhaul as it currently stands. Clare plus Clare, 10. Clare are plus ten, and Limerick are minus four. So you know it it'll come At down to what what your winning margin will be against Waterford if you beat Waterford. Yeah. Now I but know Tipperary had a huge had a huge win over Waterford the last day out. Yeah, and but look for for Limerick, it'll be about getting the win. You know they weren't given much hope going down to Milton Melbe last um last Thursday. Got the job done, scored a share of goals. You know got the goals at a good time, and when they actually got ahead, they really powered ahead and were thoroughly deserving of it. And John Ryan will be hoping for more of the same because it was disappointing opening against um, Tipperary, to say the least, but they have a real chance now to fully rectify the campaign, beat Waterford, and what happens, you know, between between Clare and Tip is out of their own control, but a really, you know, could be a really positive week for the Miners as well, if they can get the win. If things elsewhere don't go their way, that's fine. Ab- ab- abs- 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 absolutely, you know. To beat Waterford in any month's championship. Yeah, absolutely, and if you, know, if, like if, if you can if you contrast them, um, um, if you can, then this is not a Waterford bashing exercise now. <clears throat> if you contrast our our, our um, underage performances in the championship, um, under 21 hurling to date, we have one win and and a draw. Waterford have three defeats. Minor hurling, we've had three wins. Waterford have four defeats. Minor football, we've one win. Waterford have two defeats. You know, and 
um, sorry, in under twenty one football, we had one win, and and Waterford had none. So, like, we were in such a much better place than Waterford. So, it it it, it will depend on you know what Waterford bring to make Neville Park. I, I'm only saying that as a background, as to yeah. you know we wonder what what Waterford will bring to make Neville Park on 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 Thursday night. But I think John Ryan will be. Right, right, rightfully pretty confident, but well clear to win in in Torles. It it would upscuttle everything unless they win by a terrible ma- a terrible small margin and were Limerick to win by eighteen or twenty points or something like that, which you know over sixty minutes in a football match is, you know, it's very very hard to imagine, and and um, you know what about them What about them not about them getting the win? What have them technically out of the championship, believe it or not? If they win by 23 points and, and Tipperary beat Clare, they're in. Uh, 23. They're currently at minus 34. Yeah. So they'd have to win. There'd have to be a 44 points. So, sorry, a 44 points. Them beating Limerick. Yeah, between them and uh, Tip. But look, strange things have happened. But I think for John Ryan and his side, It'll be all about following up that momentous win against Clare, getting another win, and then you can turn your attention to, to Clare and Tip and see how that went. But the best of luck to, to John Ryan and his team. You know, they've they've got their win now. They've a bit of momentum. Let's hope they can continue, continue that and set up a game against Tip where they'll feel they kind of let themselves down. Yeah, you know, John has done so... a very good job. Like he he, he shuffled the pack. He shuffled, he shuffled the pack very satisfactorily from the Tipperary to the to the Clare game. <clears throat> and you must remember that, that that in the two games today and again again on Thursday evening, he, he's going to be without his key figure, his captain Aidan O'Shea. But I yeah. I I, under, I understand that well Limerick to get to the final of this of phase one of the competition, that Aidan O'Shea would stand a very be, good chance of being back. Yeah, he's he's huge not only as a as a player, but as as the team captain. So for Aiden to be back, you know, it would be it would be positive. But again, we won't look past uh, Thursday evening and that game against Watford, seven o'clock, McNeville Park, live on Munster J TV. Uh, just a couple of more underage games to get through, Matt, before we finish up. Um, minor hurlers were out last night. They they lost by a couple of points to Cork. That puts them into a Munster semi final. We spoke to Owen about that. Game itself, you know, it was it was very nip and tuck. Two sides with a lot of quality. Cork just kind of pulled away towards the end. Um, not not the most harmful result for Evan Loftus and his men. Probably would have rather go straight through to Munster final. But as I was saying to you off air, probably no harm just to pick up a defeat and see how they react to that. They knew they were through regardless beforehand. So it'll be interesting to see what the reaction is like yeah. from the miners. Absolutely, but you 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 said one very important word there. It was it, it was a game of quality last night. You must remember that these lads are only sixteen and seventeen years of age. But I I thought it was a very very high quality game, and um, you you would be excused for thinking. And I'll tell you, Jack, you 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 talk about physicality. A lot of these lads have have fair physicality, um, like Cork had four or five huge players. Um, that that um, 
um, you know, but the, the quality of the game was very, very, very good, Jack. The intensity of the game was very, very good. Um, it, it, it was a hugely exciting game and it, you know, it was nip and tuck and they, it, and now, now you'd have to be, a, you know, frank about it. Um, that Cork in the second half, Jack, had slightly the better hand, the upper hand, slightly only, but it was enough to see him through and and they 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 they, they finished strongly and you know um, that 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 was it you know yeah look it was a defeat at the end of the day but not all that lost for the miners they'll they'll have um Claire on on choose look forward to that game as we talk here hasn't been fixed but it will Claire will will most certainly have home advantage um. 20s in action match below in Semple Stadium. Um, a loss to, to Tipperary was very disappointing. First half, um, one eight to two points. I'm not sure if you've ever seen a Limerick side match finish a half with, with just two points. They they kind of came back in the second half and, and rescued it somewhat, but you know, damage was done in, in that first half. And again, it would allow Dear Mullins and the side a chance for reaction but their their place isn't half as safe as the miners was they need to be tip or or face eliminate yeah look the the, the best that they can hope for this year at this at this at this point jack is that you know if we're we, we're assuming that tipperary will be at waterford in their final round um which will put them on to five points and limerick would also get to five points if they beat Cork and in such circumstances, um, uh, the head to head would come into play and it would mean that Limerick would have to go back to Tullus, um for um, for the semi-final. But look, that, that's jumping a step ahead and I wouldn't be too worried about going back to, to Tullus for to, to play Tipperary again, particularly after the first half when we 13 wides and only scored two points. Um, but, uh, you know, the first things first, and a very, very, very big challenge with Cork on 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 Friday night. And Jack, it's 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 going to take a super effort on the part of Limerick if if they are to rescue their season at this stage because um, Cork are going so well. They've got three wins under their belts, and um, like they they they've they've a couple of seniors on board, a couple of the senior panel on board, and. Um, on Downey, who might be have conflicting interests this weekend between the under twenties and seniors, um, he's suspended from the seniors, so he he will be available for the under twenties. So I I think it's going to take a special performance, and it's going to take um, definitely their best performance of the current campaign from Limerick if they are to survive in the championship. And there is no sugar coating of it, Jack. Yeah. And of course, you see, they were. No, but they, they of... certainly have the, the talent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and what? and they were hit by the injury to Adam English, um, just before half time against Tipperary, and and um, it's it's you know they came so close at the finish, um, they had it down to a point, you, you know, and and could have got a draw out of it, could have sne- sneaked a win win out of it, um. But what we need to see, Jack, is we need to see the second half performance for 60-odd minutes 
anything less against Cork and its curtains. Yeah. And uh, as, yeah, as you said, for, it, for a team that that's it's it's a team, a team so talented talent. players we've seen in the senior yeah. championship and yeah, yeah it'll <coughs> just be. Absolutely. But it might be Absolutely. it might be the sort of result mess that will um that will uh, I suppose focus the minds again because correct they're coming correct, up against Jack, probably yeah. you'd imagine the best team in the championship on paper is Cork now without um Limerick will, will have something to say about that but look they need they just need to find a, a sixty minute sixty five minute performance and if they do. I would back them. You know, a draw will be good enough for them uh, as well. With or no, sorry, a draw would be no. A draw isn't good enough. Looking at the table because uh, they have to win. No, so, uh, uh, you know, assuming that Tipperary will finish the job and beat Waterford, they'll move to five points, which which means that a draw won't be good enough for us. You know. Well, that's that's the that's the scenario for Limerick, and that's look. You'll you'll point to the the late point conceded against Clare and obviously the slowest start against against Tipperary but on their day when they get going I still think they're the best team in Munster so please God they can I well, regather the troops we, we saw that in the second half on, on last last Friday night um, in the first half you know it could be nearer to being the worst team in Munster but having said that they had an awful lot of well you have, an, you have to have an awful lot of possession if you're to create 15 chances in 30 minutes yeah, it was just inaccuracy. Was just yeah, inaccuracy. Was... Just, just, just look. I'll, I'll tell you. It was look. I just couldn't believe what we were watching, Jack. Just couldn't yeah. believe it. One of those days, you just have to one of those days and move and move on. But they're yeah. they're 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 playing Cork uh, this uh, Friday night in the Gaelic grounds at half seven. So hopefully, uh, they they can bounce back and get the win there. Um, uh, an hour and ten on the clock, Matt. We'll finish with uh, the minor Camogie side. What a huge victory for for them over the weekend! They beat Clare in the the minor A Shield semi final. They have an All Ireland final to look forward to. What a, what a win for for Limerick Camogie! You know, it's we we had spoken about the Sixteens winning Munster, and, and now you know you're you've that to come as well. It's just another another positive step for Limerick Camogie. Yeah, Jack, I don't know why they call it a shield because um, a shield it, it tends to be invariably for um, for um, clubs or counties that were beaten in the first or earlier rounds. But that is not the case in this. This is the second tier of the minor championship. You have you have the top six and you have the next six who play in the minor A shield. So it's a fantastic performance. By, by Limerick to, to get to the final. Now, it was the second week in a row, the second time in six days that they played player. And it will give you an idea of how evenly matched Limerick and player were. The previous Sunday in Kilmallock, they played out a draw, Limerick coming from eight points down um, to, um, to force a draw. And on this occasion, there was only two points in it. But... Um, Limerick were, were more convincing winners, Jack, than the two points would suggest, in that they were winning by five points two minutes into injury time when Clare got a goal. And there was about five minutes of injury time left So, uh, at that, uh, in total. But we, uh, you know, we were condemned to a few um, 
you know, uneasy minutes there towards the end, but Limerick, Lim, Limerick saw it out. Now, they face an Antrim team that are very, very strong, and that has been fixed for Nolan Park on Sunday week at 2.30. And Antrim have already beaten them in, in, in the group stage of the competition. So it, it's, it's, it's not such a bad place to be. Um, um, you know, Limerick won, won't lack motivation going into that game, but... Um, it's it's going to be tough, but any All Ireland final, Jack. There's no All Ireland final like gimme. You no, know, they've, you've they've... got first of all, first of all, you've got to go out and earn the right to get there, and <clears throat> then you've got to earn the right to win it. But I I think Limerick are well placed, Jack. Yeah, but well, it, 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 it's going to be difficult. But don't for one minute. Underestimate the achievement of Paul Dunn, Tony Dunn, and 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 and, and their girls. They they've been absolutely fantastic. I've seen them three or four times during the campaign, and I, I was in Clanmel last last Sunday, uh, last Saturday for the game, and and um, yeah, look looking forward to an All Ireland final. It's you know like we we had a couple of dark days early in in um, for Limerick Komogi early this year and. A few disappointing results in the league, but um, look, it's beginning to come together. With the, the seniors had a very, very good result against Offaly to rescue, um, to rescue their season, well, to rescue their league status, as as did um, as did the juniors. And then we had that fantastic under sixteen a Munster Championship victory, and now we have an All Ireland final appearance for the minors. So happy days, Jack. Happy day, happy days is right for for Limerick. Also, Jack, also, also this weekend, um, the curtain raiser to the Limerick Clare game is the Monster Senior Camogie semi final between yeah. Limerick and Clare. So Limerick have an opportunity, um, if 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 they beat Clare to to get to get to the Monster final, it'll be the first time since nine since twenty twenty one, um, that Limerick will will have reached the final. So. Um, the the other side sees Cork playing Waterford with the winners playing Tipperary, but um, you know we're in with the big boys. Um, if we get over Clare, we'll get a shot at one of the big the big boys because Waterford are one of the emerging forces of Camogie at the moment, and um, yeah, you know get to a, a provincial final and let the provincial final take care of itself. It's not too long ago since we won our only provincial final. I think in twenty seventeen. When we, we we surprised and beat Cork in the final. Yeah, the best look to, to John Lillis on the side. Um, on Sunday also, Dave Deedy's junior Camogie side does a shared him taking part in the Great Limerick yeah. Run. Um, so that's to to raise funds for their for their training. So there's a link on the on our website. There's a there's an article about it with a link to the I donate page. There's um a link on the Camogie Twitter and and Facebook. So if you have a few spare bit of money to, to donate to them they're doing great work there so they're taking part in the great limerick run and i suppose best of luck to everyone that's taking part in the run i think it's riverfest weekend there's obviously that huge uh limerick versus claire once we've seen a hurling championship game that'll probably take top billing for most people but it, it's going to be a busy weekend hopefully the weather the weather will be good and hopefully the senior camogie and senior hurlers can get the wins on uh on saturday night and please god Thursday and Friday will provide Limerick wins as well. It's so busy these times. The minors are out, uh, minor footballers out Thursday, twenties out Friday. Senior Camogie and Senior Hurling on Saturday. 
and we have a bit of a break then for the weekend, I think, leading into the bank holiday. But um, an hour and 15 there, Matt. Is yeah, that, but, um, I, I, I would just like to add to what you said there about uh, David Eady's um, um, uh, fundraiser um, in connection with the Great Limerick Run. Um, like, you know, David and, and his group are doing fantastic work with, with, with the Limerick Junior Camogie team. And um, I saw him playing against Offaly and um, I was impressed and I was wondering why they were in the position that they were in. But they, they will be much, much stronger for the championship. And um, they have a very interesting championship coming up against um, Armagh, Sligo and, and, and um, Offaly. And uh, the squad will be considerably strengthened when the minor championship is over. As there are some very, very good players on the minor team, naturally, that have reached an All-Ireland final. But the link is Limerick Camogie Training Fund, great Limerick Run Fundraiser. Limerick Camogie Training Fund, great Limerick Run Fundraiser. And like you, I would appeal to anybody that has a few quid to spare, give it, give, give it, give it to Davy and uh, and the girls. They're doing fantastic work for for um, at at their level. For Camogie in the county. No, well, well said. Uh, I think it, it's fitting to, to leave that there. As I said, a huge, another huge weekend for, for Limerick. Uh, big thanks to Owen Brennan there, uh, giving us the Clare take and giving us so much of his time as we look forward to that big Munster Championship game. Um, obviously, a share of Camogie and minor and under 20 hurling to look forward to as well. Big thanks to, to Noah's Menswear for their continued sponsorship and the winner of that uh, voucher will be announced later on on the on the website for the those who entered after the the month's championship win over Waterford, and there should be another uh, voucher to give out following the Clare game. So thank you to Noel's for that. Thank you to you, Matt, as always, for your your contributions and your knowledge and, and insight into all things Limerick GA. And look, we got a win to start off the month's Harden Championship. Footballers just fell short, but if the if the hurlers can get another win this weekend, it'll go some some way towards consolation for that. We've a Talchin Cup to look forward to, but I think all roads are leading to the Gaelic Crowns this Saturday evening for a meeting with our noisy neighbours, Claire. And please God, Limerick can can gain the upper hand once again. But for us, that's over and out for Tree Talk, episode two hundred and thirty. Thank you very much. Especially Thank you, then we get old with what you put in, just like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it. No more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Limerick went out there from the war court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the back of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. No sympathy in this game for any